All right, Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. We started the show today talking about this standoff now here between Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke, her majority on Surrey Council, and the Surrey Police Chief, Norm Lipinski, about what they're going to do with the Surrey Police Service there. She wants him to stop hiring these new police officers. And he told you he's uh, not going to do that. He told me this morning, no, we're going to keep hiring new police officers. We're not going to stop hiring new people. What do you make of this? Yeah, I, I'm not sure Brendan Locke has the power uh, in this situation to prevent Lipinski from doing that. Interestingly, I've been talking to some government MLAs, and I'm picking up signals that they don't think this can be turned back, that this is too far down the track. And one MLA made the point to me, he says, so are we expected to sign off on a plan to dissolve a 300-member union? Oh, which is like, oh, okay. Um, so that's that's got to be factored in this thing as well. Yeah. So I don't detect any appetite in, in this government to side with Brenda Locke on this. Now it's up to Mike Farnworth, public safety minister. He has to be satisfied that whatever happens, there is more than adequate professional police services uh, in Surrey. Yeah. If disbanding this uh, police service, Surrey Police Service, if it results in the loss of a fair number of officers. Well, 275 of them have signed a, a pledge saying they will not go back to the RCMP if their jobs are terminated or disappear. What would they do, quit? Well, I mean, that's maybe that's a bit of a is game, that just a game a bl- of chicken. Is that a bluff? Is I don't know. Of, is that a game of chicken? But yeah. I don't think Farmworth's going to sign off on a plan that sees the potential disappearance of almost 300 police officers. Right. So both sides are going to submit a, a detailed plan to Farnworth yeah. uh, and his uh, his deputy and the staff, and they're going to study it. But. I have to say, I don't, I don't pick up a lot of support in the government for Brenda Locke's idea. Okay, well, let's listen to Brenda Locke here, the Surrey mayor, talking to Simi Sarah this morning about this report. She says she's going to put this report together for Farnworth, why they should go back to the RCMP here, scrap this new police force. Here's what she had to say, then we'll get your thoughts. Staff are right now creating uh, the reports to go to, um, to Minister Farnworth, and uh, those reports will come first of all to the public and to uh, council on the 28th of of November, so the end of this month, and then they will go to um, minister after that once they're approved. Okay, and I suspect this report will say that you'll save money in the long run if you keep the Mounties. That's what I think they're going to argue. And that's not really what Farnworth cares about as minister. He cares about uh, the level of police services. If it costs X, Y, or Z, that's, that's a different situation. So this report's got to be fairly clear. There's not going to be any degrading of police services if they go this route. And same with Lipinski is going to have to show, make the case that his service is not going to result in any, any deterioration in police services. In fact, both sides have to show probably an improvement in police services. And maybe it's an either or, but again, the, picked up the union fact is a complicating factor here uh yeah this new police force already has a union in place very smart for them to do that because i think that makes it harder for an ndp government to undo it Mm. Uh, and we're not talking about just a handful of people these are more than a couple hundred uh, police officers so um it's interesting that the standoff now between Locke and lipinski is fascinating lipinski is going to keep going and keep hiring people right (laughs) And uh, and Locke is saying, no, now the Surrey Police Board is a different entity than council, and yeah. Lipinski says he's going to meet with them, and we'll see what comes out of that meeting. Right. What about a referendum? Like, this was discussed last night at Surrey City Council. It was voted down last night, by mm-hmm. the way. Surrey City Councilor Linda Annis had this uh, amendment saying, what, look, look, why don't we just put this to the people in a direct referendum and let them decide? And the council voted that down. 
Could the province still go ahead with a referendum? Oh, the province could. I've never picked up um, signs that there's much interest in that route. Maybe that's the great compromise. Um, but you, do you put certain benchmarks here? Is, is it a 50 plus one referendum? Do you have to have a certain amount of turnout? I mean, the last two municipal elections, you could argue, were in a way a referendum on policing. Um, and the winning candidate got 27% of the vote. Yeah. Is that not high enough? Uh, you, you could argue, you, you just, do you need 50 plus one, as you do in most referendums? But some referendums require even higher percentages, uh, t- you know, two-thirds, three-quarters. So I'm not sure a referendum is going to be the way to go. Okay, let's talk about BC's new premier, David Eby. Mm-hmm. He will be sworn in on Friday, yep. right? Friday and morning, 10 o'clock. And I know you spoke to him yesterday. I did. Okay, what did you talk about? Yeah. yeah, it was sort of an unscheduled or you know, maybe they were scheduled. They didn't tell us, but there's a caucus meeting here, um, NDP caucus meeting, even though the House isn't sitting. David Eby attended his first, um, first meeting as uh, premier-designate uh, to go into. Um, he uh, seemed in pretty good spirits, pretty energetic. He's meeting individually with every MLA just across the street here uh, outside the legislature, 15-minute, 20-minute uh, meetings and see what they want to do. Um, all of them want to be in his cabinet? Oh, I'm sure they all want to be in his cabinet. I suspect his cabinet's December 7th. You and I'd be speculating about it in the weeks ahead about yeah. what that's going to look like. But there's a lot of nervousness about that. And what's it, who's, is anybody going to be replaced? Is someone moving? Who's going to get promoted? But an interesting on his way, and he told me he's going to bring in legislation next week. Well, the House only sits for four more days. It takes three days to pass a bill, unless there's all sides um, unanimous agreement to do it in, in quicker fashion, which rarely happens. And I got the impression that there's more than one piece of legislation. And he talked about issue, dealing with issues such as housing, no surprise, but also public safety and street crime. So if there's two bills in front of the House, and that's going to be – it'll be interesting what the Liberals' take on this is. You know, if they want to say, no, we need more time to debate these bills than just three days – um, it's, it's unclear exactly what's going to unfold next week, but it's going to be a busy time. Speaking of public safety and street crime, it's very intriguing to me that he has talked about taking over the downtown east mm-hmm. side and that the provincial government would take a leadership role in cleaning up that encampment on Hastings Street. Now, I just did an interview with Curtis Robinson. I know you yep. know him. He's a former police yep. officer in the VPD, worked a long time down there. And he said he used to remember David Eby coming down to the hood down there when he was uh, crusading uh civil rights lawyer with mm-hmm. Pivot Legal and uh, advising, you know, he says, advising drug dealers, don't talk to the cops. One of the more yeah. interesting things to keep an eye on in the months ahead is the relationship between David Eby and police forces. Yeah. Because they certainly bear some strong memories when he worked for Pivot Legal Society, attacking the police, uh, portraying the police as sort of the problem and the enemy. And that that's not a position a premier can hold. Uh, Evie's already said he's going to reach out. He wants to work with uh, VPD, right? To to do this, and you know that that might that might improve the relationship. But it's interesting. There's still some distant memories when he yeah. was at Pivot, and you can be sure the BC Liberals are going to dredge sure. those up as well because uh, that's that's Evie's vulnerability is his activist past. Okay, tonight in New York City, Donald Trump. He's back. he's back. He will announce he's apparently looks like he's going to announce he's Everyone's running for president again. Let's listen to Trump here. This is probably the clearest indication he gave that he will run for president again. Have a listen. And now, in order to make our country successful and safe and glorious, I will very, very, very probably do it again. Okay? Very, very, very probably. Okay, very, very, very probably. He will yeah, announce yeah, he tonight. Will. He will. Nine o'clock uh, Eastern time. 
Six o'clock our time. Yep. Okay. Listen to this here now. Now, this is Winsome Sears, who is the lieutenant governor of Virginia, a Republican. Winsome. What a great name. Winsome. Winsome Sears. A Republican. Mm-hmm. Now, listen to what she says here about, about Trump running for president again. I could not support him. I, I just couldn't because we have seen, for example, in those states where he has endorsed uh, the candidates, in fact, Republicans on the same ticket who he did not endorse overperformed, whereas his candidates totally underperformed by as much as 10 points. We have a clear mission and it is time to move on. Do you think that's, uh, I think, a more common opinion among Republicans now? It's a rising opinion. The the midterms were a wake-up call to a lot of Republicans that sort of broke the spell they'd been under, that somehow Trump was this magic um, solution to seizing power. And I think the midterms revealed uh, quite the opposite. The candidates he backed lost, and in many cases lost very badly. Uh, The election deniers lost. Um, This was a totally unexpected showing by the Democrats because the Republicans were still entrenched by Trump. That spell seems to have been broken with a lot of people. You got Winsome uh, talking about this. You know, even really right-wing commentators like Ann Coulter now breaking ties with Trump, saying it's time for him to go. And she's not the only one. There's a whole bunch of the right-wing media commentary has decided that Trump is the problem. What a vicious fight this will be, though, between Trump and DeSantis. Oh, it's going to be. I mean, DeSantis won by 20 points. Yeah, you know, in Florida, Florida is now the new. That's the the key state. It's replaced Ohio as sort of the strategic uh, area. And yeah. if DeSantis is so strong there, you're going to see a lot of Republicans back DeSantis. Right, I think so too. Supporters, Baldry's beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here, Marco in Surrey. Hi, Marco. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Just in regards to Surrey Police Service, like polling after polling showed that residents didn't want it. This is a financial boondoggle because they never released any of the of the real true costs surrey was going to end up with 729 sps numbers versus almost 900 rcmp members and nobody in surrey wants this and not only that the amount of taxes that would have to be raised to pay for this new service we're all dealing with expensive inflation and i certainly hope the minister takes that into account of the costs of it and you know, no, honestly, nobody wanted this in, in Surrey. So we we're going to end up paying more taxes, have less police officers, instead of building on the well, infrastructure that we already have, and we would lose federal subsidies. Okay, and thank po- you. Polling after polling showed over 80% of people didn't want this. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I I'm not familiar with all the polls, but again, um, Farnworth's uh, statutory requirement is to make sure there's an pro- adequate professional level of safe uh, policing in Surrey. Well, he's not required to follow a model. Well, that's right. Like, I, I don't think that the money, the bottom line money and how much it's going to cost taxpayers is not the biggest factor. Not like, the, the, factor. the major factor for him is public safety, right? Yep. Like, do they have an adequate police service in, in the city of Surrey? Now, this is interesting. The Surrey Police Force, the Surrey Police Service yesterday and the Surrey Police Board put out a statement. They said, and they admit that this Surrey Police Service is more expensive than the RCMP, but they say it's not that much more expensive. Mm-hmm. They say it's $18.3 million more a year. And if you take into consideration how much money has already been spent on this process, they say it would take a decade to, to earn the money back mm-hmm. that's already been sunk 
and it's already been put down the drain. So they're basically arguing that, you know, the money argument is kind of a moot point. That's what they say, but. Yep. And again, it's not going to come down to money. It's going to come down to level of police services. John and Langley. Hi, John. And first of all, I disagree with uh, the previous caller because obviously uh, the results of the uh, two elections show that uh, close to 50 percent want uh, a change of police force. Uh, uh, secondly, I question uh, uh, Linda or Brenda Locke's uh, credibility. Uh, she said on TV the other day that uh, the people have spoken. Well, the people also spoke when Doug McCallum was elected. Yeah. Uh, another thing, too, is she denies having said that some of the senior police officers, quote, will lose their jobs. And she said, well, I never said that. So I think uh, I think there's a lot of uh, uh, I, I question her credibility. And uh, good luck to the okay. people of Syria as long as she's mayor. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, Brenda Locke said on election night to our camera that there were going to be some people who were going to lose their jobs uh, in this. Then in her first news conference after she said, I never said that. Well, we have it on tape, on camera, uh, saying exactly that. In terms of a, who's got a mandate, you and I questioned whether McCallum had a mandate because he got such a low percentage of the vote and there's such yeah. a low turnout. I'm not yeah. sure anyone has a mandate on, on no. this issue. If this was such a huge hot-button issue in Surrey, why did so few people vote? You know, another interesting factor here, as we were talking about this off air during the commercial break, is that Brenda Locke is a former liberal MLA. Mm-hmm. Now you have an NDP government that is set to decide this. So it's not like she's got a lot of friends in this government no. who want to cut her some slack and help her out here. And they're not politically. They're I'm not talking. politically motivated to bail her out. Yeah. Uh, and again, the union. Not sure they've got a contract. But uh, that took me by surprise when I learned last week that there's already a union in play with almost 300 members. Right. And again, I just can't see an NDP government taking steps towards dissolving a significantly large union. Yeah. Gordon in West Kelowna. Hi, Gordon. Good day, gentlemen. Did uh, did you, in, in regards to Goofy Trump there and his maybe big announcement, did you guys see uh, what I seen in, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the big networks in Washington? Last night, uh, early, uh, about Mike Pence, the interview with Mike Pence, it was rather interesting. And What did he say? And uh, in regards to the, the January 6th trouble there and whatnot, and uh, even down to the point they asked him he's going to run, he has said he hadn't made up his mind yet, but he didn't have oh. anything very nice to say about Trump. No, well, the, you know, the, no. the breach between Trump and Pence, I don't think, is pretty going to heal over. Pretty significant. And I think there's going to be a growing breach between Trump and parts of the Republican Party leadership. As you say, Mike, it's going to be a vicious fight. Yeah, I think Ron DeSantis will beat him. But I it'll, think, be, I it'll think he's, be a bloodbath. I think before. he's got the momentum. I wouldn't discount Trump. I mean, you never know. He, yeah. he overperformed before, but I think uh, the midterms were a wake-up call. Jennifer and Coquitlam. Jennifer, you have 30 seconds here, okay? Oh, my God. This will be a quick one. The yeah. problem with the downtown east side in 10 words, I picked up a lady uh, to take her out from hospital. I work for a, a, a transfer company. Um, took her down. She'd been in there for 21 days to get clean and sober. Took her down to the Insight Housing, which is right above the Insight um, uh, Needle Exchange and all that kind of stuff. So that woman is doomed to fail because, you know, you, you're putting her into housing on the downtown east side. And she is literally two floors above the chaos. And they okay. expect her to be well and, and make it back into society. Th- thank you, Jennifer. We only have 10 seconds. Well, yeah, we'll see what David E.B. has in store. He wants to get rid of encampments. Easier yeah. said than done, but it could be a messy fight down there.